When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey everybody, it's Scott. Before we get to today's Browns Training Camp podcast, I wanted to remind you about Football Insider. Now, it's really a great way to get in-depth coverage of the Browns during what I think everybody expects to be a really big season. A subscription gives you texts sent right to your phone from me, Dan, Mary Kay, and Ellis with updates and breaking news about the Browns, not just in training camp, but throughout the season. The subscription also gives you access to all that exclusive content you see on cleveland.com. A lot of it's free, but quite a bit requires a Football Insider subscription to access it. You also get our daily newsletter, which includes content that only subscribers get. So go to cleveland.com slash browns, click on the blue banner at the top of the page, and get signed up. All right, let's get to it. Here's today's Orange or Brown Talk podcast from Browns Training Camp. Hey, what's going on, y'all? Ellis Williams here. You're listening to Orange and Brown Talk podcast, day nine of Brown's training camp out here in Berea. We're back in the parking lot. I'm joined by Dan Lobby, Scott Pasco, and Mary Kay Cabot. Before we get into what we're looking forward to in the Orange and Brown practice scrimmage at First Energy Stadium tomorrow, there is one Browns player that has not been out here in camp, uh, defensive end Tack McKinley. We haven't seen him in a few days. Mary Kay, what can you tell us? What do you have an update on Tech for us? Well, Tech is going through something right now that's sort of, uh, you know, it's just a personal issue that he's dealing with. Now, last week, uh, I watched Tech walk off the field uh, with an illness. At first, it was sort of described as a heat-related illness. Then he came back the next day, and he tried to practice. Uh, But I watched him come to the sidelines several times. He did not look good. Uh, He still looked kind of ill. And then he kind of ran into the field house. A trainer sort of ran into him after ran in after him. And we really haven't seen him out here since. Now, Kevin Stefanski addressed it today and said that, um, you know, that he, you know, he's not sure exactly when he's going to be back, hopes he'll be back by the opener. But this represents um, this represents a setback for Tack McKinley. He was coming in here trying to be a key part of the rotation. It was going to be Miles and Jadavian starting. And really, Tack was supposed to be that third guy in the rotation. Initially, he was going to start opposite Miles Garrett when they first signed him. That was the plan. Uh, but right now, he's going through something. The Browns um, are taking it day by day with him. Uh, nobody really knows exactly uh, you know, what's going on or when he'll be back. Uh, but hopefully he'll be able to work everything out and come back here soon uh, because he was a key acquisition in the offseason. Yeah, Mary Kay, I think the key word there is setback. And we'll move off this quickly, but Dan and Scott, I want your opinion on this. Does this feel like a bigger setback early in camp for Tech or the Browns pass rushing unit as a whole? I mean, this is a top-heavy unit. And like Mary Kay said, there are there are expectations with bringing – Tack in so and you can pick push you know I'm here for a good push so go ahead you guys I'm gonna say it's a bigger setback for Tack just because there's this unknown like we, we just don't know how this is gonna play out we obviously don't know what the situation is so yeah. uh, you know maybe we find out it's, it's something you know whatever 
I think it's a bigger setback for him right now. But the concern for the Browns is, like you said, Ellis, it is a top-heavy pass rush, and one of those guys you're counting on has a little bit of an injury history. And he's very he's healthy now. He said he's never been healthier. I'm talking about Jadavion Clowney, of course. Uh, you know, he's but he's missed some time. He missed time last year. He's coming off of surgery, so that's a concern. It just means that losing someone like him or if Miles, uh, who has missed time in his career for various reasons. Uh, if, if Miles, for some reason, misses some time, it just makes you that much thinner. makes you more reliant on a guy like a Port Augustine or a Curtis Weaver or someone like that that you don't want to have to be reliant on. You like them down the depth chart more than you do at the top of the depth chart. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I'm going to say tack now, but if this does play out into the season, then the Browns could have a problem if something happens to Javian or Miles. Yeah, I agree. I think, I think it's bigger for tack. And I think what it does also, though, is make – defensive end sort of like wide receiver and safety and even linebacker to some extent and that you haven't had everybody you want to see out there everybody who's either going to be competing for a starting job or who are going to be playing major roles you know, you've been missing something at all those spots and, and now you know defensive end is, is included in that um, you know and hopefully things work out and, and, and everything gets back you know, to normal before the season yeah exactly hopefully tech is back soon we're going to pivot to our main topic today and we're going to project forward into the orange and brown scrimmage or practice. I've heard it being called both things that, you know, it, it is whatever you make it. Browns fans come out and just, you know, make it what you want. We'll be there. We'll be watching and I, we're going to pass it around here and unpack the, you know, the four things we're most closely watching, no particular order. Just each, each of our, uh, our writers here are going to have one thing they're watching most closely. Uh, Mary Kay, we'll start with you. What are you most looking forward to at the orange and brown scrimmage? What do you think we can learn? Where will your eyes be? Well, you know, I'm just going to go with the, with the easy, low-hanging fruit. I'm just going to go with Baker Mayfield and the passing game and just how he looks. I mean, what kind of development has he made? Now, we know that he really hasn't had uh, very many reps where he's out there with his his full starting cast yet. You know, we just don't see the, uh, the you know, Baker, Jarvis, Odell and then Donovan Peoples-Jones and three wides and you know we just haven't seen that yet because Odell hasn't been working in team but still you can pick up so much even in uh, orange and brown scrimmage like this uh, it just in terms of what he's doing how he's doing it maybe how they're using personnel as we've talked about are they using you know three wides a little bit more uh, how does Baker look with his with his footwork is he going to the right place for the ball and he's getting a really, he's getting battle tested out there. He's got to get rid of the ball quickly. Uh, the, the pocket squeezes in on him really, really fast. And he's also has to fit it into really tight windows because the secondary is so good. So, um, so just want to see how he operates. Yeah. Dan Scott, say what you want about a, a scrimmage in August, but Baker Mayfield's accuracy and time with his receivers is going to matter tomorrow. Right. Yeah, I think so. And, and we say scrimmage and I think even Kevin Stefanski said it's going to be more of a practice, but uh, we're probably going to see more team stuff than normal because they're going to take advantage of the atmosphere there right. and just playing in the field and, uh, and and everything that goes with that. But uh, yeah, I think you want to see, you want to see sharpness. I mean, they got a, a preseason game, you know, a week, a week from today. Right. And, and now's the time when you have to kind of start ramping things up out of zoom and, and make sure you're, you're in a good place going into that. Yeah, I, I think this is going to be the Baker's kind of best opportunity to sort of show off a little bit. He's going to be in front of the fans. I mean, there might be 20, 30,000 people there. And I think that's going to, 
you know, we know how Baker is, right? He feeds off that stuff and, and he likes to be in those moments. And even though this is just a practice, it's still a practice at First Energy Stadium in front of, it's going to be pretty loud. Fans are going to be excited to see this team. And I think Baker might show up kind of saying, I want to put on a show a little bit. So I think that's a good place to start is just how Baker and the passing game look. And for fans, it's going to be the first time to see him going against Clowney and Garrett too. I don't know if that's going to be anybody's thing to watch, but uh, just to sort of see how he plays against this defense sort of on the biggest stage to this point. Yeah, I'll share mine next just because it's it's in sync with Mary Kay's and we didn't talk about this before we came on, but uh, funny how that works out sometimes. I'm also going to be watching Baker, but I'm taking it off the field. I Of course, what he, he does between the lines matters, but um, I was watching Baker today start practice with some early misses, just on-air passes. Uh, him and Austin Hooper missed on a post corner during warmups. He missed Jarvis Landry on an out route. And I noticed some interesting things with Baker. For example, when they miss on a, a easy pitching catch like that in warmups, from what I noticed, Baker asks the the equipment person who's who's managing the footballs for an extra ball. He goes, "Hey, hey, give me a ball, give me a ball." And you know they pitch him the ball, and Baker then shouts to you know one time it was Hoop, the other time it was Jarvis, and actually one time is Donovan Peoples Jones as well. And Baker just throws him a football, you know, just to complete that rep. And I thought that was pretty interesting. And maybe Baker's been doing that his whole life. I, you know, I understand his time here predates me, but it's more about Baker coming into his own in a leadership way and uh, complete control of this offense and just setting that tone, kind of like how when a three-point shooter is missing three-pointers, you know, get to the foul line and just make a free throw. You want to see it go in. You want to start practice with completions. And I thought that was interesting. And then, you know, you take it to team today. What I saw are some Skelly stuff, just Baker being a little off. Donovan people Jones had some drops. And then you watch his communication with Kevin Stefanski and Alex and Pelt. And then after those two talk, he carries it over to JC Treader and Joel Batonio. And you see the trickle down of information. I thought that was fascinating today. I'm going to keep watching that tomorrow. Cause of course we're in first energy stadium. And I think that gives us a, an as close as a all encompassing look as we'll get to Baker's command of this offense until, like Scott said, the preseason game, which is one week away in Jacksonville. Yeah, everything about this camp seems to make sense. Just how efficient they are, and just there's not a lot of wasted time in there. Right. I think your example is, is indicates that. And even like when he was working with OBJ the other day, it's just yeah. a lot of things you look at and you see in this camp, and you're like, yeah, well, that, that makes a lot of sense that they're doing that. And they're real deliberate, too. They're, you know, they run whole sessions where it's just, basically a glorified walkthrough with the defense out there. And uh, it just, you get a sense that everybody's on the same page and that really feeds into kind of Baker kind of taking ownership of, of what's going on out there too, because if you're doing things deliberately like that and, and everything seems to make sense, you can kind of, you can kind of find your spot in there and, you know, it, he's doing that. He's, you know, he's been here a while now, so yeah. he should be doing these right. things. And I think that's what everybody wants to see. And, and him as a quarterback too, and no questions about who's in control. Hey, it's Dan. Before we get back to the podcast, let me tell you about our Orange and Brown season kickoff event on Wednesday, September 1st. You can join Mary Kay Cabot, me, Scott Patsko, Ellis Williams, Doug Maurice, and Terry Pluto for in-depth discussions, team analysis, a live auction, and yes, some surprise cameos. Tickets for the event are free and can be reserved through our event page. It's www.advance-ohio.com slash orange and brown. Yeah, the nuances of the offense, uh, he knows them now. 
He knows yeah. all those little things. And I, I watched uh, after one rep, uh, Cadero came back to him and they, they talked it through. And, right. you know, they, you know they, they got it together and they got on the same page after that. And Baker was doing most of the talking. And you're going to see a lot more of that. He's going to direct traffic. And that's why they're going to put more responsibility at his plate, on his plate at, at the line of scrimmage this year. And, and I think you'll, yeah. we might even start to see some of that tomorrow. Elson, I'm glad you brought that up because I noticed it uh, one day this week too. And I wish I could remember it was either a receiver or tight end. Yeah. They were, they were uh, running, they were doing individual drills and they were going into the end zone and the, the player dropped it. And again, signaled for Baker, you know, gave him back a ball yep. and threw it back to him and wanted another rep. And I've seen that sort of over and over again, even going back to the spring. But these guys, yeah. when, they, when they mess up, when they put a ball on the ground, uh, whether it's sometimes Baker initiates it because he made the mistake or sometimes the, the player initiates it because they made the mistake. It's like, okay, just let me make this catch. Let's do this one more time. Yep, and that two-way street is so important, Dan. It's a great observation because the ones I saw were Baker's fault, you know, and, and you're saying, you know, if, whether it's the receiver's fault, it's still happening. And Baker's tone with everyone from the equipment person, it's not like, hey, get me a ball. You know, it's like, hey, man, can I get a ball? And then it's like, hey, you know, Jarvis, here you go. Like, it's, it's a positive leadership. No one's down on anybody. They're hard on themselves, and they're speaking this offense – in a technical way um apologize for the we're, uh, we're getting rained we're getting on. rained on we're kind of storming right now and getting rained on um we'll keep this going until i get signaled otherwise <laughs> well, yeah, we still got about uh eight or nine more minutes to go here all right well we're sitting, never we're sitting here in berea's parking lot you guys are hearing the nice raindrops and mother nature joining us on the orange and brown talk podcast we've got two more things we're looking forward to get through Dan, we're going to be in first energy tomorrow. Where are you going to be? What are you going to have your eyes on? I am really looking forward to some real competitive periods. Uh, you know, we've this, they do a lot of teamwork in practice. They do a lot of like offense versus defense in practice. But I'm looking forward to the competitive periods. If they do red zone, if they do two minute, uh, you know, things like that. I want to see how they respond. Now, Kevin Stefanski didn't say they wouldn't tackle to the ground on Sunday. I'd still be a little surprised if they do. That kind of ratchets it up a little bit if they do. So, yeah, I, I want to see them in those. We haven't seen two minute yet. We've seen plenty mm -hmm. of red zone. They did a whole day of red zone uh, earlier this week. I want to see two minute, and I want to see those competitive move the ball periods. And I think we're going to get to see that tomorrow because the reality is, as much as Kevin Stefanski isn't going to be swayed by putting on a show, they are going to try and put on a little bit of a show tomorrow. I think that's part of it. Yeah, Dan, I completely agree. And I'm not saying I want to see a fight. I'm never <laughs> advocating for that. But I feel like we haven't had anything even close. Well, I'm, to... I'm going to call my shot. We're not going to get a fight on Sunday. Okay. I think we're going to get one in the middle of next week. Oh, or, there you go. It's going to be hot. These guys are going to be tired of each other getting ready for the preseason. I think we're going to see a fight. Like, we're off Monday. Yep. So we'll see, like, Tuesday or Wednesday. Yeah, Sunday we'll start it, and then, you know, it will actually go down on Tuesday. That's the drama here <laughs> at Berea. But, no, to that point, though, the tempo, the, 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 the live and the energy of this team playing intense like that, I haven't really noticed it. There was a little thing today with Nick Chubb. There was also one where Donovan Peoples-Jones had a ball get knocked out early, and you hear some chipping back and forth. But – Look, that probably shouldn't surprise anybody when your coach is as even keel as Kevin Stefanski, right? You become your, your players become a product of the coach, and that's what we keep seeing out here. I I don't think there will be tackling to the ground tomorrow, but uh, I I do think they'll try to make it somewhat interesting for the fans. Although in the past, and and tell me if you guys agree with me uh, with this or not, 
it hasn't been quite as exciting and thrilling as I as I always think it's going to be when they uh, take it to the stadium and practice down there. It still seems to be just more of a uh, just a, a practice practice practice. <laughs> and um, so, you know, I just don't yeah, I don't think we're going to see. Uh, you know, anything, any, any great shakes down there, because it's really just a chance for as many fans as possible to get out there. I don't think you'll see the tackling to the ground because right now they don't want to risk those kind of injuries in a situation like that when they're just getting acclimated to the stadium. Uh, But there'll be enough to see, like you said, Dan, hopefully a two minute drill. Those are always fun. Uh, So move the ball periods that always gets everybody going. Yeah. It did occur to me the other day that we really haven't seen any like Everybody's really happy, right? You know, there's, you know, a couple <laughs> years ago, I remember uh, Sione Takitaki kind of bumping Duke Johnson a little harder than he See, wanted yeah. it to be, and things kind of happened. And then there was the whole, you know, Pharaoh Brown had like a streak of, you know, starting <laughs> in you know, scuffles with everybody. And then, you know, he had people running laps, and, you know, was it Chad Thomas kind of? Oh my God, Chad Thomas and Pharaoh Brown. And like, there's yeah. a whole interplay there. Mac, Mac, and, Wils- <laughs> Mac Wilson on Nick Chubb last year. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> hey, look, if, if we sound like writers looking for drama, I guess guilty is charged. I mean, Netflix gets boring, and you know when you have an even killed team like Kevin Stefanski's and the low temple practice, we're just looking for stuff. Um, Scott, I've asked everyone specifically where they're going to be and what they're going to be looking for at First Energy tomorrow. I think you're the first person who is going to want to share where you're going to be for this practice because we were talking about it off air. Yeah, can I just say the chair I'll be sitting in is what I'm going to look forward <laughs> to. There you go. Because, I, I mean, look, yeah, I got a tough life. I, I watch football all day. But, you know, after two hours, my legs are like, no, you got to find a chair. <laughs> the calves so, are hurting, man. Yeah. Uh, so I'm looking forward to being in the press box and actually seeing things from a up high view because just to get a better sense of, the lines going against each other and what the holes really look like in depth and, you know, how things are switching on the far side of the field. And just, you know, that's, that's how we watch football. That's how coaches watch their film. It's, you know, the overhead view. And I think, you know, you can obviously tell a lot about what's going on by, by watching it like that. And we can't do that here at practice. We're mostly on the field and often standing behind very large football (laughs) players and, you know, it, it does limit something. So I am looking forward to that and kind of getting a fresh eye on things. And if they do do like two minute drills and red zone, I think that's even better. Um, but I'm really looking forward to that because I think it'll be uh, we'll be able to see a little more than, than we're normal. Dan, project forward for me here. Do you think we get a vanilla Kevin Safansky tomorrow because he knows Scott will be up there getting ready for a gotta watch the tape? I'm taking notes. He's not, not going to show Scott anything. He's going to make sure that he doesn't want. Andy Reid or whoever, some intern in that building in Kansas City yeah. reading Scott's practice report. Well, let's, let's not just forget. laying out everything. Let's not forget the first day uh, that the fans were allowed here, it, they clearly played to the crowd because we did not see any long balls. Like, well, right. maybe like one over the first couple of days. But then when the fans are there, it's just Baker slinging it down the yep. field. So, so I don't know. I think they're going to they're gonna do a little more than normal for, for the people there. And I think we got a, a – Big man trying to feel the punt last year. Is that yeah. is that oh, yeah. normal? Is that, I guess that was only Kevin's first year. So, Mary Kay, anything like that going to happen? Any, any guesses? Um, you know what? I'll tell you what. Miles has been a, doing a really good job, yeah. you guys know this, of, of trying to engage the fans. Today he was throwing bottles of water up there, and uh, he throws gloves into the stands, and he gets did, the fans fired up. Did you, hear him, did you hear him get heckled, Mary Kay? 
Yes. Yes, I did. Oh my gosh. A little, a little kid, a little kid told Miles, that's why you're a defensive end, not a quarterback. (laughs) You know, quarterbacks can rush the football. A kid might not have thought of that. Very funny. So Miles has done a really nice job. So I think you'll see a little bit of that. Um, Miles and Baker on the first day that fans were out here in Berea, they, they did some goofing around like that. Uh, to make it entertaining for the fans. They recognize that fans cannot get autographs this year and they want them to have fun when they come out. So remember that that first day, uh, Nick Chubb had a long run and he was just trailing off and finishing the run and Miles ran down and raked the ball out of his hand just, just to goof around with it. And, and Miles chased Baker out of bounds and Baker threw the kind of just threw the ball playfully at his head. So you might see some, you know, just some things like that from from those um but yeah i don't i don't think you'll necessarily see oh here's what I, another thing i was gonna say is that everybody wants to see odell beckham jr and i just sure. don't think you're gonna see odell beckham jr in in team so i think that that's one of the things that you know people come out specifically to see baker to odell and how that's going and unfortunately I, they pro- they're probably not going to be ready for that yet They'll definitely kick. That's one thing we should mention, too. I mean, they didn't kick today. They didn't kick yesterday. They'll definitely put these kickers out there in front of a crowd, probably into that dog pound end. They'll kick. So that, that's going to be something. Honestly, that's something legitimate to watch for sure yeah, yep, is, yep. is how these kickers perform. Yep, two good nuggets to end on there. No Odell Beckham Jr. I feel like there should be a Browns account, like, did we see Odell today? <laughs> and you just keep <laughs> tweeting no or not really. You could probably gain some followers quickly there. And the kicking uh, – battle whatever you want to call it it, it will uh, take another step tomorrow and as for this podcast we're going to call it a wrap the browns get to end practice early i'll call the podcast over early so for ellis williams dan lobby scott pasco mary Kay cabot we're signing off from a rainy and mosquito infested berea parking lot until tomorrow y'all. take care